Romans 15:7. Christ accepts you as is, flaws and all. He doesn't require your perfection because he is the only one who can be completely without sin. His acceptance of you can help you accept others with their flaws as well. Thank you, Winston. Um, hi, my name is John Michael Clark. I'm a rising or a senior this year, graduating Hume Fogg High School with the class of 2021. Um, real quick, to follow in close footsteps, please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable unto you, O Lord. For you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. <clears throat> When I was originally asked to speak today, I uh, actually started to stress. I had no idea what I wanted to give my sermon about or how I could craft the perfect sermon, fusing scripture and speech into something that the congregation would be able to take home, a message that would be somewhat impactful. Um, the longer I thought about it, the more I realized it wasn't going to be perfect. Perfection is an unattainable ideal that drives some of us in the direction of greatness while holding others back. We constantly castigate ourselves over our shortcomings, whether that be in the term of our family, school, careers, sports, social status, or money. Simply put, no one is perfect except for our Father and the Son. I remember as a child, I used to look up to those with more wisdom, like my parents, teachers, scout leaders, coaches, youth leaders, even our preacher, and view them as an almost perfect human being. But as I grow, that illusion started to fade as I realized none of them were perfect. After I remember my father telling me about the advice he was given from a previous scoutmaster of our troop. After asking how he hid his flaws from his two sons in order to set a better example, he was surprised by the answer. The scoutmaster encouraged him to show the chinks in his armor so that we would know it is not only okay, but rather that is normal for mankind to have flaws. No man is perfect besides Christ, our Lord and Savior. I remember having small groups in the youth group, and one of our leaders, Rob in particular, commented on something that one of the youth said using a personal story of his own. In his story, he showed a chink in his armor, stepping down from the high pedestal that I have set so many adults on. This action doesn't show weakness, but rather the exact opposite. It lets those of us who have made mistakes know that we do not walk this path alone. So the, to the adults that have shown the chinks in their armor at times to the youth, I say thank you, as it shows a deeper understanding and will have a greater impact on a young person when they know that those they look up to have made mistakes as well. To those in the audience that expect great things from those around you, I say this is okay. Wanting someone to be their best or reach their potential can help that person grow and mature. Just don't expect perfection. As I pursue my career path as a nurse practitioner, I will be expected to be at my best each and every day. I will have to perform 
at a high level in order to keep my patients safe and heal them. There is a difference between expecting your children to do their best and expecting perfection from them. That will only lead to feelings of anger, pain, and stress. Striving for perfection almost always leads to disappointment. As you go out in the world, do not look for the perfection in others. You are just as much an imperfect human being as the next person. But do remember this, in the eyes of God, your, your imperfections have been washed away in the blood of the Lamb. Thank you. Isaiah 43, 2. When you walk through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. Hello, I'm Savannah Cooper. I'm a senior here. I'll be graduating from Nolansville High School in a couple weeks. Um, this past year and a half have been tumultuous for all of us between lockdowns, quarantines, Zoom meetings, and telehealth appointments. But the hardest thing about the past year for me and for many of my peers has been the isolation that comes with the pandemic precautions. When lockdown first started, I and a lot of students rejoiced at the prospect of an early summer break. But as the weeks and months continued, the excitement of summer break wore off and the loneliness started to seep in. My family played games and put together puzzles, and I very much enjoyed the time I got to spend with my family, but the monotony of seeing only my parents, brother, and pets became heavier and heavier. While I was thankful for the stress of school and for work being alleviated, I missed my friends, my teachers, and my coworkers. Nothing quite compares to the happiness of high, school high schoolers and their mindless giggling and gossiping. But the real weight of lockdown came when my grandmother went to the hospital for surgery on an aneurysm and fell into a coma due to a faulty medical device. The hospital follows strict COVID-19 precautions, and I wasn't able to visit her in the hospital. I'm grateful that my mother was with my grandmother during her last few days, but saying goodbye to my grandmother over a cell phone was devastating. For a while, I was angry, angry at God, angry at the COVID restrictions that prohibited me from holding her hand one last time, or giving her one last kiss. Angry at the doctors for letting this happen more than anything. Oh, goodness. More than anything, angry at God for letting this happen, for taking my grandmother away from me in such a distressing manner. And after the anger came the grief, the guilt, the bartering, and more than anything, the overwhelming sense of sadness, like a riptide that kept pulling me under just before I broke the surface of my grief. 
It was a rough time for my family and for those who knew my grandmother. But through it all, the church was supporting us, lending us a helping hand, a shoulder to cry on, or a listening ear. I think one of the most comforting things in an odd sort of way was that the church was grieving with me. Anyone and everyone who knew my grandmother mourned her and the light she brought her. And in that way, the church knew what I was going through. They knew what I had lost, not because they knew what it was like to lose a loved one, but because they also knew what it was like to lose my grandmother. And they never let me get pulled under by the riptide of my grief or burned by the fires of my frustration. They reminded me that they were right beside me, ready for me to lean on. Every time I saw Justin speaking with my mom or my uncle, or saw a card from a member of the congregation on the kitchen counter, or saw a text message from Chris, I was reminded by the persistent and unyielding love of God and the kind, gentle love of humanity. I'm forever grateful for the people of Woodmont who loved my grandmother as much as I do, who keep her name and her memory close to their heart, and who help shoulder the burden of my grief. And I'm grateful to the church building, which serves as a reminder of her life and houses her ashes. The memory of my grandmother is intrinsically intertwined with the church, with the sanctuary and the people of the church who showed me the love and the light of God during the most painful point of my life. Because of the church, I know God's love. And because of that, I have not been swept under by the waters of sorrow or set ablaze by the fires of my grief. Thank you. Luke A, 4 through 15. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. Hi, I'm Lily Hartle. I'm a senior at Ensworth, and I will be attending the College of Charleston in the fall. 427 days. 427 days of restricted gathering, hiding our smiles behind masks, and finding creative ways to continue spiritual activities such as communion, greetings, and more. Although these days have been trying, we are still here, gathered as a community, spreading the love of the Lord just as before COVID-19. Our ability to stay together through the hardest of times is a testament to our love for one another and Christ, the fire that lives within, and our growth, all of which I have gained throughout my years of involvement in this church. I've been going to the Woodmont Christian Church since I was born, and the amount of love I've received and returned is abundantly unspeakable. Being able to go to a youth group every Sunday, having a non-judgmental, accepting, and loving a community to go to is something that I used to take for granted. During the beginning of quarantine, losing that time was difficult as it is one of the few places where I truly feel safe, loved, and welcomed. Another place where I've learned the most about love is Bethany Hills. The first time I ever went was the summer after first grade, and although I didn't have the deepest of thoughts at that age, I could still sense the immense amount of love, peace, and godliness around me. 
Since then, I have made lifelong friends such as Bailey, Melanie, and Natalie, who lives in Tullahoma. Being able to have a place where you not only have the most fun week of your summer, but also the most spiritual experience brings you together in a way that is unparalleled. We all learn to love one another in Christ together from first grade until now as seniors, and that is something that I am thankful for because it has helped me shape into the person I am today. Another way in which Bethany Hills and Youth Group have shaped me into the woman I am is teaching me that I can make a difference with determination. Starting in middle school, at the end of the week, Bethany Hills would always have a dance, which basically just included a bunch of kids awkwardly dancing to music, but we loved it. One year they announced we weren't going to have a dance with no explanation. I was not about to let that happen, so my friends and I went all around camp getting as many signatures as possible from campers and counselors. We handed it over to the camp leader, proved our points, and eventually she approved of the dance. Although this act may seem small and meaningless, it sparked the fire that has continued to burn for determination. One, one way in which this fire has continued to burn is through the youth group cabinet, influencing group events, youth group events, Bethany Hills events, and more. Lastly, the ways in which I've grown as a person has been heavily influenced by the amazing experience I've had with my youth group. During my earlier teenage years, I was completely indulged in the materialistic lifestyle. My biggest worries were how I looked, how many followers I had, and making sure I was keeping up with the latest trends. All of that changed after I went to Guatemala the summer after freshman year. In Guatemala City, we stayed in a building with no air conditioning, undrinkable water, no Wi-Fi, and only traditional Guatemalan food to eat. To me, coming from a life of plenty, this was almost unbearable. We traveled to a small village and learned about their lifestyle. I realized that while I was complaining about the lack of amenities at our lodging, the families there were completely content living under palm trees in the rain. They then told us about their lives, working hard labor jobs, which they endured to ensure the children could have basic necessities. They then offered us handmade bracelets to express their gratitude to, to us for visiting. I was amazed by the perspective. In my eyes, they were barely surviving, but in their own eyes, they were thriving. At this moment, I understood that our circumstances don't define us. Wealth nor status determines your happiness or generosity. It is our choice to be satisfied and open-handed with what we have, or unsatisfied and greedy for what we don't. I would just like to express my immense gratitude for the Wilmot Christian Church and everything it has done for me, from helping me learn to love, gain lifelong friends, ignite my determined fire, and grow. Thank you. Thessalonians 1, 5 through 11. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Hi, my name is Bailey Todd. I'm a senior at Hume Fogg, and I will be attending the University of Tennessee Knoxville in the fall. When I was in second grade, my family decided to change churches. It was a long process and a lot of trial and error before we found Woodmont. We ended up visiting Woodmont for about a year until we decided to become members. When we first came to Woodmont, my parents wanted me to be involved in the Christ Quest as well as JYF. I remember my first JYF. I was really excited to meet new people and everyone was so welcoming, especially Trey Flowers. Because of Trey, I started going to JYF every week, which is where I met most of my childhood friends. It wasn't until fourth grade when I started to attend Bethany Hills. I remember begging my mom to let me go because all of my friends were going. 
It was my first sleepaway camp, so I was scared for that, but I knew I would have fun. Bethany Hills is where I met most of my long-term friends, including Melanie McConnell and Lily Hartle. When we were always, we were always friends in the youth group, but it wasn't until camp when we started to grow connections with each other. Although I went to church every Sunday, I didn't have as deep of a relationship with God until I went to Bethany Hills. The people and the atmosphere at Bethany Hills is where I feel God's presence the most. My freshman year, they announced the 2018 Guatemala trip. I was interested in going, but I didn't have a say whether I did or not because of my sister, Grace. She attended the 2016 Guatemala mission trip, and she would not stop talking about it. I ended up going, and it was amazing. The people and the youth grew so much closer over the course of the week. Whether it was fertilizing corn or making bead necklaces, there was never a dull moment, even having to ride in a bus for three hours. The youth became more of a family that week than I have ever seen before. The friends I have made in the youth group have helped my relationship and my faith in so many ways, especially within the past year. This past year, we weren't able to have normal church, youth group, or camp, and so there wasn't as much of an outlet for me to grow my faith other than my friends from the youth. These relationships in the youth will stay with me forever as a reminder of my faith and growth. I look forward to having one last summer with the youth, so I would like to thank the members at Woodmont who support the youth group, the youth sponsors, Trey Flowers, Katie Gossage, Tom Schuyler, and Chris Cox for helping me grow in my faith here at Woodmont, and of course my parents for driving me to camp and youth group every week. And lastly, my friends here in the youth for helping me grow my faith and being an outlet for God whenever I need. Thank you.